Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. The 23rd Psalm is a great comfort to us as we imagine the green pastures and still waters. It also recalls the dark valleys and calls us into the not-so-easy practice of sitting down at the table with our enemies. An unhurried God is present with us in the good times and in the difficult times and invites us to be radically present to each other in the same way. Have we been too busy to be really present to one another? In this week's message of the week, we relax as Pastor Jen Tyler shares the 23rd Psalm and challenges us to bask in the glory of God and be present wherever we find ourselves. Here is the First Church message of the week. God, we thank you for the ways that you draw us together, the ways that you bring us joy and laughter and community, for the ways that we are able to worship you with all of who we are. In this time especially, we ask that you would help us to be fully present in this time and in this space and in your presence, opening our ears that we can hear your voice clearly, our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply. Rid us, O God, from many and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So this weekend, we are continuing our sermon series, as you may have figured out. We are going to be talking throughout this season of Lent about what it means to be living in our busy, busy lives and what it looks like for us to live into our need to slow down for our own well-being, whether that is our physical well-being or our emotional well-being or our spiritual well-being or all of the above. I know that we all, I hope, are gathered here on a day like today so that we can worship and be deeply connected to our God, who is the God of all of the heavens and the earth. And it is important for us to remember why we are here, not just so that we can be centered in worship, but because I think that if we remember the gift of how much God has given If we remember that God has truly created all of the heavens of the earth and can hear all of our prayers at the same time in every place and time we find ourselves, if our God can manage all of that while still managing to be fully present and unhurried and taking a Sabbath day, then I wonder what makes us think that we need to be so busy all the time, that we need to hurry along all the time. Because if God can take time to be still, then so too shall we. And I think it could be easily argued, perhaps even correctly, that being busy is a new kind of phenomenon. But we also know that this isn't entirely true. I think many of us right now, I hear this often, that we feel like we are more busy than we have perhaps ever been before. I hear that a lot right now and about how overwhelming that can be. But the truth is, I don't think we are more busy than before. It's just a different kind of busy and that it weighs on us a little differently. I think that some of our busyness has been exasperated by the fact that we have just come out of a season of COVID and whether we like it or not, that forced everything to slow down quite a bit. And the ways that slowed down during that time seems to have all but evaporated. The truth is, we've all kind of been busy in our own ways most of our lives, haven't we? I know that's been true for me. 
I think back to when I was in college a couple of decades ago now, and I think of the routine that I had then, and I think about how busy I was. And I know that I tried to pack in more than maybe most of my other students because I worked too much. Um, but it wasn't uncommon for me to have a conversation with a friend about how busy I was, trying to literally schedule time with them. It wasn't uncommon for me to carry my paper calendar with me everywhere I went paper because, of course, if you had a cell phone then, it was one of those sweet little Nokia ones, right, that are never going to die. <laughs> and if it didn't have things like a calendar built into it as much as I rely on my digital one now. But I carried this calendar with me everywhere I went because I tended to overschedule every minute of every day in my life. I literally at one point was scheduling, here's when I'm going to sleep. And I carried my calendar with me all the time because you never knew when I was going to run into a friend. And often if I ran into a friend, I'd have a conversation that went something like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. It's good to see you. And I know, I have been so, so busy. Yeah, you can say that again. I have been so, so busy. Well, maybe we can grab lunch sometime. Uh, I miss you so much. Can we grab lunch or something? You know, maybe. I think I have about 45 minutes free next week. Oh, no, not next week. I don't have any time next week. I'm booked until two weeks from now. Well, if I move an appointment, maybe I could squeeze you in. Oh, good, because I have an appointment an opening that day. We could meet for about 30 minutes. Anybody sound, does this sound familiar for anybody? Maybe that's been you and you're the one with the overly busy schedule. Maybe you're the third party on looking like you are today and you think, are you kidding? Get it together. How can you be that overscheduled? Maybe you've reflect, reflected uh, like I have wherever you are in that conversation, and you have thought, gosh, whether you're the one that's too busy or you're the one that feels like you have friends that are too busy for you, it draws out of me a bit of sadness because all of us at one time or another have felt maybe anxious or sad or just feeling like we don't have enough time to be with each other. And of all the ways that we spend our days and our time and our hours, the days that we do finally create that time to have lunch with a friend or to visit a family member, if you're anything like me, I think to myself or have often said, gosh, this felt so good. We got to do this again soon. Let's not wait so long next time. And then you turn around and wait three months before you call them again, right? Is that a familiar thing to many of us, I see lots of nods. We are too busy in our lives and need to reconnect and pause long enough to know that we are rooted with one another and also with our God. And our scripture reading today, the familiar words of the 23rd Psalm, they invite us into a space that I think can help us to do this. Most often, I think these words are words that we hear in a different kind of setting, right? We hear them at a funeral or a celebration of someone's life. But I believe these words have a lot to offer to us in the busyness of our lives here today. And so I want to invite you to hear with new ears these words of the 23rd Psalm as David says or writes in this case, The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Here ends our reading. I imagine these words are familiar for many of us, as these words of Psalm 23 beckon us to green pastures and to still waters. I love the image of still waters. That stillness sounds like it could be such a gift, doesn't it? When I think of still waters, I think of how peaceful it is. I think of the beauty of water that is so rarely still in a place like South Dakota because the winds are almost always churning and you can, how often do you see a glass-like surface on water here? And yet when you do, isn't that beauty incredible? The way that it is still enough to reflect back to you a picture of nature around it. The ways that it simultaneously somehow reflects the world around it, while also being still enough for us to see well into its depths, offering a kind of vulnerability as you can see what's below the surface and what life is like underneath what is often a much rougher surface or edge. But these tougher surfaces, well... When we consider this as an analogy to our lives, those tougher edges can feel a little safer, can't they? In the same way as those rough waters can have elements around them that busy the waters, making the surface rough or hard to engage or enjoy and reflect on, so too do we do the same when we allow the busyness of the world to seep in and around us. Like the waves that keep anyone from seeing below the surface, we put up walls. We are too busy to allow time or space or even the ability for reflection or the peace that comes with it. We have a hard time deeply connecting with others around us because we're always rocking that proverbial boat or making it hard for people around us to keep up or catch their breath. Worse, maybe we feel that roughness in personal ways when we feel like we're the ones struggling to stay afloat or to catch our breath, let alone trying to share that breath with others. Do you see how the stillness of these waters can not only paint pictures of how our lives connect, but how they invite us to do and be the same? Oh, I don't know about you, but I long sometimes to get back to those green pastures and to have that quiet time and the sunshine. And I don't just mean proverbially, I mean on a weekend like today when we're expecting more snow, I miss those green pastures, don't you? And yet we know that these still waters of life can invite us to reflect in ways that we may otherwise not have ever been aware of. 
They invite us to reflect because we know that God not only can, but wants to lead us to this place where we can have that stillness. In fact, I love that the 23rd Psalm, have you ever noticed these words that it doesn't just tell us that God wants us to go to that place, that God wants us to go lie down in green pastures, but instead the words say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. God doesn't, of course, force us to stop and to rest, but man, does he want you to, to be still, to lie down and rest as you long to get closer to those still waters. God makes us lie down as if to make us let go of being so busy and instead pausing to rest. And it is there that we are told that our unhurried God can and will restore our soul can and will lead us on the right path for our sake and for the sake of your unhurried God. God will lead us to that path on our good days when we are needing to make sure that we're still moving in the right direction, just like on our hard days when we know that God is with us and we long for the stillness that God can bring. God is with us, it says, even when we walk through the dark valleys. God is and will be with us in these times. And that's where it gets interesting, though, I think. You see, all of this has seemed comforting and exciting. It even says that God is your comforter here. God will comfort you. But Up until this point, God is inviting us to draw us in, to comfort us, to care for us. But I think God also wants us to be challenged and to grow. And perhaps that's the reason that it goes on in verse 5 to tell us that God will prepare a table in the presence of our enemies. I don't know about you, but that seems a little less exciting to me, a little less inviting. When I Think of all else that these words offer, of the comfort of our guiding shepherd, of the invitation to lie down in these flush green pastures next to still calming and peaceful waters. When I think of all that God longs to offer us in our comfort in these passages, I think it is easy for us to imagine God as our comforter being the exact same as God wanting us to be comfortable. And yet... God doesn't ever invite us here to be comfortable as much as God wants us to remember that each and every one of these promises is absolutely meant for you and they're meant for every person around you as well. For your friends, for your loved ones, for your enemies, for everybody in between. And so as God prepares this table before us in the presence of our enemies, well, I find a beautiful invitation held in this as we consider what that might look or feel like. To imagine getting to the table filled with people that you call your enemies and having them invite you to come and to sit down and to be present and to be still. And then even in that moment to not be filled with anxiety or fear or anger or other things that make you hesitant, but instead to be filled with that great comfort of God, that peace that only God can offer. Because God assures us that God is a giver of these gifts, not only in easy moments. God doesn't only promise that we will have easy, comfortable moments. 
But instead, God assures us that in the difficult ones, we will be reminded of the gift of God's anointing, of the gift of God being with us and pouring out God's gifts into our lives. Perhaps even as a reminder of the ways that we share in the gift of our baptism, being anointed in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, where you have been claimed as God's own beloved and worthy to behold. Sometimes I wonder if we are missing out on gifts like these because we're too busy to get there. We hardly have time to be at a table with people that we know and love and trust, let alone with our enemies or some strangers. And yet that's exactly what God's inviting us to here. Like all of God's promises, this one brings good news and promises about how God has been and will be with us. And yet this promise, while meant to be a comforting one, it's never been intended to make us comfortable. Do you hear the difference in being comforted and being comfortable? Because instead of being comfortable in carrying on with the status quo or trying to carve out time of our overly busy schedules to see the people that we love and care about, God wants us to let go of being busy long enough to be unhurried for long enough that we truly can be fully present. Present enough to take time to lie down in the green pastures, to reflect beside those still waters, to be present enough to prepare a table where all will truly be welcome. Maybe it's a physical table where we invite people or where you sit with someone you don't know when you come to our community dinner or to coffee hour before worship. Maybe it's a proverbial one when you run into people at an event that are standing alone and are called upon to invite them. God wants you to be present enough where we can focus even for a short time, not on the things you need to do or the places you need to go, but on being radically present where your feet are planted. Present enough to see and to hear and to listen to those around you. Patient and present with one another in good times and in the hard ones. Present enough that the people around you, when they think of tangible ways that God is present with them, they might see the reflection of your face that radiates God's love forth in your life. I wonder who among us is ready to prepare a table like that, to be seated at a table like that. Because while I hope that we can think about the literal ways that this invitation can bring us together to live in less hurried ways in our lives, to be present with and for one another, and especially to God, I also hope that you can see and know that this is an invitation, not just that God wants you to make, but that God has already made for you. You see, the table that's behind me that represents exactly that invitation. The table that is set before us is exactly that kind of place. This table is a place where all are welcome. Whether it is your first time ever walking into a church today, or you aren't even physically here, maybe you're worshiping online today from places near or far. 
Maybe you have believed in God from the moment of your first memory and you know no different. And maybe you're thinking about professing your faith in Jesus for the first time. Wherever you are on your faith journey, may you know that this is God's table, that we are God's church, and that you are welcome here. You are welcome to come to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion we're going to share in in a moment here, to share in the gifts of bread and of grape juice, to share and receive and remember that our Lord and Savior Jesus gave up more than we could ever begin to imagine. And Jesus is the one who invites us here to this table that has been set. And so may we come and may we receive with open hearts and minds and spirits, seeking to encounter Jesus in new ways that we would be open to the Spirit, moving and leading in new ways as we move into the future. Friends, this table that is before us has been set. And so because we're going to receive in a moment, I want to invite you first to join with me as we lean into this invitation to stillness. As we take a moment to pray to God and to repent of the ways that we've fallen short of loving God, of loving our neighbors fully, of inviting and making time for those we love, and of inviting and making time for those we struggle to love. May we pray to God, the giver of all that is good, and receive the mercy and forgiveness that God longs to pour into our lives as we offer our confessions before God and one another. Let's pray together. Giving generous God, we are open to your spirit leading us in new ways this day. You offer so many blessed moments that we pass by in our busyness, and we miss so many of our connections with you, so many possibilities to connect with people who are worthy of our time. And so, forgiving God, we open ourselves now to you, asking that you would hear our confessions of the ways we've not loved you with our whole lives and our whole hearts the ways we've fallen short of doing your will and loving our neighbors, let alone seeking after you with all of who we are. Hear, O oh God, these prayers and confessions of our hearts. Merciful God, may you forgive us as you lead us and you guide us, helping us to trust in you, helping us to take a time out with you as we trust in, follow after, and find rest in your abundant, unhurried presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.